Cheers. Cheers. Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Happy gays. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jared Hagland. And I'm Ashley Fair. And we are Gay Best Friends. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. It's good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I noticed that. I'm feeling happy. We are feeling happy. We aren't in, stuck in the library today. Nope, we are drinking live on location. In what is, I would argue, a damp basement office, but it's still a little more freeing than... A very cramped library recording studio. Oh, yeah. It was not super hot. Yeah. We're not sweaty. Um, you may have noticed in past episodes we get awfully parched because you can't even have a goddamn drop of water in the library recording booths. They so... don't even let you have your water bottle in the recording booth. Yeah. I... You have to put it outside the door. Yeah. Uh, but here we have cocktails. And so it should be good. Hopefully, or messy. But if you notice, if the sound is different, if we're not as crisp, clear, and lovely as you're used to listening to, it's because we're trying a new mic and we're going to figure it all out. So we call ourselves Gay Best Friends, and I think that after this weekend, I am the bestest gay best friend. <laughs> um, Tell us more. Well, I saved your life. You sure did. I, I don't want to say it, but I've heard people call me a hero in the streets. <laughs> sure. Uh, you sent out a call, and I answered it, and I... I helped you out. You sure did. In a big way, in a sacrificial way. You went against all of your, I was going to say better judgment, but that's not true. <laughs> no, I think my, my better judgment made me do it. <laughs> uh, my worst instincts, I think is what you probably meant. Yes. Um, so. I took care of Ashley and Jarek's dog this weekend. And Jarek is, I'm going to out you now, Jarek is not a dog person. I don't love dogs. We we don't get each other, is how I would kind of put it. It's true. One time, Captain jumped up on Jarrett in a really playful way, and he thinks Captain didn't like him. I remember this moment as him jumping up and pushing me like on like the crest of like my chest and my shoulders. <laughs> and I told the story like that for several months until I saw Captain the next time and like did a measurement, and I'm like, "There's no. He must have hit my thighs." <laughs> But in my head, it was, like, right in the chest. For those who don't know, and I'm sure we'll post pictures of him on our Instagram, because I love him so much, and I'll post him everywhere, he's an English bulldog. He was fairly easygoing. He seemed pretty excited to see me. He seemed happy when we got home. He didn't seem neglected, which is really important. Uh, we usually have a friend who stays with us, but she just got back from vacation. Hey, Captain! Hello, it's Uncle Jerry. I recorded Hi. our first moments. How are you? You're gross. Alright, let's get leash on. This one definitely looks like a leash. Okay, leash time. You don't have a collar. <laughs> what do you do if you have no collar? Thought dogs had collars. You ready to go pee? I need poop bags, I think. <laughs> I don't see poop bags. Do you promise not to poop? <laughs> how, how big can your poops be? We're gonna use did a Ziploc bag. Kitchen? How did we get Not keep, until I how brought him back. Getting caught. You must think I'm a fucking idiot. Come on, go pee. Go pee. 
We're doing this. I don't think you're gonna pee on the sidewalk. Should we find a tree? You have 20 seconds. Up to you. What do you wanna do? That's a good pee. Got me by surprise. We're not going down there. Don't give me that side eye. Okay, so you don't wanna move anywhere. They're not coming back. Captain, come. Come here. Do you want dinner? Does dinner sound good? Dinner's inside. Ooh, yeah. I'm the motherfucking pack leader. <laughs> I do not know who we're playing after. That's amazing. So, did you not go into the kitchen? No, I went in. He came up. There was the color. I'm like, let's get him to pee first so that the peeing didn't happen anywhere else. And then I'm like, then I'll read the instructions and then I'll do all that. To be fair, I went into the kitchen to get the Ziploc bags. Oh. And I just didn't see the poop bags. They were right by the letter. Like, you left them in a very obvious, great place. I even fanned and them out. Yeah. Oh, it was a lovely setup. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, and this is about how I'm a much better friend and the bestest friend, um, but Ashley is such a great person that she left out a lint roller even if I needed to, like, clean my clothes. If like, she imagined I had a great social life and I was going out after dealing with this dog, so she prepared. Um, I did not use it. I had no reason to, but I really appreciate that you did. You're welcome. But the main thing is, like... I am the bestest best friend. <laughs> I picked up poop for you. I pick up poop for Captain. Yeah, well, that's that's your lot in life. That's true. That's true. I would scoop your cat's poop for you. See, but if you took care of him for two days, you wouldn't have to. That's the great thing about a cat. You don't have to daily touch poop. People do, though. Well, yeah, well, they're crazy. Or have really bad cat chips. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I will say that taking care of Captain this few days... Well, I would not call myself a dog person still, I got a little, I saw a little more of like what you like about it. Mm-hmm. Like you could see that little, like Lem looking up at you. There was something there. I could see it. And he was a fucking celebrity in your building. Like everyone, A, knew who he was and wanted to pet him. And never even one person asked me my name. Everyone else was just concerned if that was Captain or not. Is this is a funny thing about dog, having a dog. Or even walking dogs at all. No one knows each other's names. You just know them by their dogs. There's these two dogs, Pierre and... I actually don't remember Pierre's name. Um, But there's two dogs. I don't know their owner's name at all. We have talked for two years now. We've discussed my wedding plans. I've asked her to find out how much old China plates are going for at garage sales. (laughs) And she reported back to me. Oh, she followed through. Yep. And I don't know her name still. I don't think she knows my name either, so I don't feel so bad. I've long said that I don't know if I dislike dogs as much as I just find dog people weird. No. Dog people are awesome. Yeah, I might There's have... also Larry and Gary. I don't know their owner's name. Okay, you're not proving your point that dog people are awesome. They're <laughs> just still... I didn't say they weren't awesome. I just... I feel there's a weird thing there. Cat people have their own weird things, but they are solely kept in their house alone. It's a very insular weird thing and relationship you have with your cat you don't have doesn't force you to socialize with anyone yeah because their cat poo puts little viruses into your brain yeah i think about that every time i smell him shit (laughs) i also noticed you two are on a diet are we you have no fridge light (laughs) do you know how much less i would eat if i didn't have a fridge light Nighttime snacking is my downfall, and that would, like, be the nail in the coffin. How do you live without it? Most of our snacks are chips. We love chips. 
Okay. Yeah. You should keep them in the fridge. It's probably <laughs> weird for people to th- to hear that you went into our fridge when you're dog sitting. Well, I guess not that weird. You could have been staying over. You weren't, though. No, I wasn't. But <laughs> To be fair, and there's a reason I did, but otherwise I probably would have anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, Captain's on a raw food diet. I'm always proud of that fact because he's so healthy. He's the healthiest bulldog I've ever seen. So, it's just nice to say. I told Zach when he came with me the one time that you had actually run out of food and were just feeding him hamburger patties. Did he believe you? <laughs> For a split second, yeah. He believed me. I'm like, no, no, no. They're not horrible people. <laughs> it's not even a hamburger, man. He gets lamb. He gets lamb? Yeah, he's allergic to everything. He can't have chicken. He can't have turkey. He can't have beef. So he gets lamb. I would think that is super weird if I didn't spend an inordinate amount of time in the cat food section going through the different types of canned food, saying what Gilbert doesn't like or what he prefers, and like getting him his favorites. Which is real, though. I used to... This is just a podcast all about our animals right now. (laughs) I used to cat sit for a sweet cat and the owner would get the multi-packs of cat food but there was like a whole row of the cat foods that the cat didn't like and I think it was turkey maybe it was duck okay I was so resisting asking you which ones you didn't like (laughs) so I'm glad that you brought it up voluntarily pretty sure it was the duck now that I think about it um but all the other ones were fine and of course there's always a favorite We missed this last week, but it is time for what you watching slash reading slash listening to slash putting in ya. What are you watching, listening to, reading, putting in ya? So I had one put aside. Um, I was going to talk about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime. Everyone should watch it. Amazing show, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Last night on CNN was a documentary called Love Gilda about Gilda Radner. Do you not know who Gilda Radner is? You should explain for the listeners. She was one of the original Not Ready for Primetime players, so one of the original cast of Saturday Night Live. Um, She had such famous characters as Emily Latella, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana, and many others. Uh, She's from America, but she started her career and became famous in Toronto. And she is just one of my, like, all-time idols. She is such a light. It was such an amazing documentary. It was all done through modern day people like Amy Poehler and things reading from this journal that she kept um, and also recordings that she made. So it was all like from her point of view and it was so beautifully done. Went over her, her rise to fame, her getting into comedy, so much of her like experience and love of comedy, a lot about her eating disorders. She was bulimic. At one point when she was on SNL, she wrote, I was 105 pounds, and I thought I was fat. It was just so amazing delving into that. It goes through, she married Gene Wilder. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were married, and then she got ovarian cancer. And not to spoil it, um, it it didn't end well. And she wrote a book about it called It's Always Something, and people should read it. It's an amazing memoir. And at the end of the book, she's in remission. And the book got published two weeks after she died. Oh my god. So it was so heartbreaking. Um, Just as we were watching this, Zach fell asleep because he'd been working insane hours. And the last like 15 minutes of the movie, I was like ugly crying to the point of making noises. And he was conked out. But once the movie was over, I like got up and he woke up as I got off the couch. And he just looks at me and he's like, are you okay? And I couldn't even say no. So I just shook my head and went to the kitchen to like not be such a mess. Um, I'm gonna cry now. So if you haven't, you should watch it or read her book or just 
YouTube Gilda Radner. Um, there's two things that I think they come from her book or more interviews and stuff with her that I, I always think about in life. Uh, one is the name of her book. It's called It's Always Something. And it's something her dad taught her that no matter what you're going through in life, it's always something. Don't expect life to ever be going perfect or anything. You're always going to be dealing with something. And the other one that I really always say to myself is delicious ambiguity. And it's just the theory that in life there's so much you don't know and you're never going to know what's happening or why things happen. And it's just to embody the joy and the wonder of not knowing what's next. So delicious ambiguity. And I'm just going to quickly play a clip of a song of hers um, that isn't from SNL or anything. So even people who know her might not know this. She's just delightful and also the first person to ever say bitch on TV. Really? Yeah. Quick fact. Well, that's a cool fact. Um, so that's what I've been watching or just watched. That's amazing. I I, I want to jump in here and just say what I love about this segment is the things you watch or read or listen to or put in you uh, fire you up so much. It is really inspiring. And makes me want to watch and read and listen to and put in me too. <laughs> I love that we have put in you at the end of the segment name because that just makes what you're saying a whole other uh, funny ball game that I have to stop myself from talking about. <laughs> but I appreciate that. That's very nice. <laughs> well, I'm not as excited about what I'm watching recently. I mean, I, I love it. It's just, it's not as deep in me as yours is. <laughs> Sorry, that was not intended. Back to the putting in you portion of the title. Uh, so I started watching, well, Jarek and I started watching Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which is amazing. That's what I've heard. It's a four-part series on Netflix about the four elements of cooking that they say if you master these four elements, then you can master any dish. Uh, Samin Nasrat, uh, she wrote Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, the book. And then in November of 2018, released this four-part series on Netflix. She travels all over the world. She has before to learn all of her chef things. <laughs> uh, and in this series, she revisits places where she mastered various elements, uh, places where she learned how to make pasta and... Um, I think I've only, I've only watched fat so far, which was amazing. What I love about the show, I love food shows, really good mm -hmm, yeah. food movies. One of my favorites is chef. It's a, it's a movie about a chef who drives from Florida to, from Miami back to LA in a food truck. All of the food pieces of that movie are so pleasing in every way. They've got sound, really good visuals. You can taste it and smell it as the, as he's making it. So that's a whole other thing. But in salt, fat, acid, heat, in the fat portion, same thing. You can you can feel the same textures as she's pushing into focaccia bread. Oh, you that can, right? You can 
See, and it's funny because there's a lot of pasta in this one, but it's because they're talking about using lard and fat and um, butter and all these elements to just make really good food. What I love about it is I think it's important to embrace love of food. I think I think we're in such a society where there's so much diet culture all the time and things telling us how we should look. And I've gained a lot of weight over the last couple of years, but I have I feel okay about it mostly because I've been eating food that has been really pleasing to me. I've been making really good food. I feel like I've been experiencing food. I'm not just eating food. Mm, and I think that's, that's, yeah, I think that's something that's really important. And this show really helps me feel good about embracing and experiencing all the elements of food and makes me want to get back into cooking. I love cooking so much and I love making colorful dishes and really dishes that touch all the senses so that's what i've heard about this show people i know who have watched it have like walked away and wanted to or needed to cook something yeah it's it's incredible oh that's great i want to watch it and you just inspired me to actually um actually do it instead of just watching reruns of things (laughs) do both (laughs) (laughs) what's also really nice about it i that i forgot to mention was i read i read an article about this as well in media they only show certain people typically eating food. It's always, you know, mm. like it's always pretty people, skinny people eating food. Fat people don't get to eat food in shows unless it's for a joke. Like you even watch most cooking shows and stuff. Yes. Yeah, unless it's like the one that was literally named the two fat ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I would, if I met her, I'd be so excited. And I don't say a lot of people, like, I don't care about meeting famous people, but I think I would like to meet some mean. You don't, it doesn't excite you at all to meet famous people? No. There's only one other famous person that I walk past and get really, like, nervous and excited about, but otherwise I don't care. Who? Tegan Quinn. (laughs) Not even both of them. No. Just the Tegan. Just Tegan. Tegan. (laughs) Yeah, that that one sounds like it's not just because she's famous. That one sounds like it's you just got a little thing. (laughs) That's what we're watching. Reading. Listening. Or putting in us. (laughs) What's that, Ashley? Trend alert. All right. So now that we're in the new year, I started looking up what trends are upcoming for 2019. And I kind of want to keep looking at trend alerts as I go go forward. It's kind of fun. Um, here are my three top trend alerts to talk about today. Okay. Baby bangs, cheese tea, and lab-grown meats. Okay, for the record, before we get it, I've only ever heard of one of these going like before you brought these up. Which uh, one? Lab-grown meat. I feel like they've been working on that one for a while. I agree. I feel like I heard about it last year. I don't know if it's an actual trend is it a or trend, if it's like, just something that's going to happen. Are they, I was going to say, are they like, are they there? Is that why that maybe 2019 is the year of lab grown meat? I feel like that's what they're suggesting. Uh, that, I mean, that is what they're suggesting. What I, I find that very exciting. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think? I can't wait. I want to try it. As soon as it, as soon as it's available to us here in Vancouver, you and I are going to go try it. I'm all in favor. I will, I, I'm not one of the people that thinks science should stop like doing crazy things. I am all for anything that can be done in a laboratory, mm-hmm. especially meat. That's got to solve a lot of world's problems right there if we can just grow meat. Hopefully. I wonder how vegans will feel about it. I wonder how they do, they must have opinions already because it's already being talked about. I, I'm i sure they may just be turned off because it says meat, but I, I think a lot of the ethical things 
There may be the ethical thing of like, can we create life? And I don't know if this is considered life. Um, no. But they may have issues with that, but it's solving a lot of the problems. It's not lab-growing animals to then slaughter and eat. It's lab-growing patties, essentially. See, I still, I, I pictured it as patties, but I also pictured like the patties in like the shape of a cow. <laughs> well, <laughs> if it helps, the first lab-grown meat that will be available will be like chicken type. KFC is one of the companies working on it, really? which I am stoked about. You know how much I love KFC. Oh, and KFC is amazing. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know like companies were involved. Yeah. Which really says a lot about where it is, right? Yeah, exactly. Cheese tea. That sounds disgusting. So apparently it's been, it originated in Taiwan in 2010 in the night markets there. And it's exploded in Asian marketplaces. But they the words cheese tea and exploded did not make it more appetizing. (laughs) They're, They're having a hard time. They can't catch on in North America because people... The idea of cheese tea doesn't sound appetizing. So cheese tea, the definition is cold tea, usually like black tea or green tea, topped with a foamy layer of milk and cream cheese sprinkled with salt. They also say you should not drink it with a with a straw because that impedes the like the levels of what you're getting. So you you need to drink it at a 45 degree angle. So the cheese is in such a foam state. That tea can come through it in the bottom, like a latte. Like you're yeah. That oh, you just keep making it get grosser. I think it sounds delicious. I think it sounds like cheesecake on top of tea. Also sounds disgusting. You don't like cheesecake. I love cheesecake. Well, it doesn't sound disgusting at all. I don't want to put cheesecake on top of tea. Do you want to eat cheesecake with tea? No. What? Okay, not well, even I'm, okay I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not against that. Um, I just felt it would really hurt my argument because I thought you were trying to sneak in that I might like this. <laughs> but I think you might like this. Yeah, I know. That's why I avoided it. <laughs> I will bet you $25 mm-hmm. to try it. All I have to do is try it. Yeah. How much of finish it? Finish it. I have to finish it. Unless okay. it makes you vomit. Okay, I then that's a real bet. Because trying it, I'm like, well, that's an easy win. Yeah, I was but like, I'm not going to give you $20. I have to finish it. Yes. Okay, I'll take that. Okay, we are shaking hands. Yeah, because that's the only way to do Can it. Can you hear that noise? <laughs> shake, 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 shake. <laughs> I wish we had a maraca. <laughs> I have maracas at home. They're at home. Fun <laughs> <laughs> fact. I'll bring them next time just in case we need another handshake. And we look. There are places you can get it in Vancouver, so we can do this. It can Not be... at the library, but we need, if we <laughs> keep this out, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We can do this in the next week. Should I try it for you first? No, I feel that way. Uh, no. Because okay. right now, any any attempt you may have made at trying to make it sound better mm-hmm. has made it more disgusting. <laughs> so I feel if you try it and then try and explain it to me, you will just really turn me off. And that is unfair because then you will just be trying to win that 25 fucking dollars. Right. I forgot that I could win money too. Okay, listeners, we're not paying you for this. But we challenge you to try cheese tea by Tuesday, January 15th, the day that this episode comes out, and comment on our post about us trying cheese tea. And we may not give you money, but we'll definitely give you a shout out. Definitely. You know what trend I'm not trying this year? What's that? Baby bangs. Baby bangs. Baby bangs. So for those who don't know what baby bangs are. Which I've even tried to exactly figure it out and like I need to be informed. Baby bangs are just really short 
haircut bangs. They're like maybe an inch. So what's the problem? They're so, okay. Baby bangs should never be intentionally stylish, I think. Why? Because they're a mistake you make when you're feeling rebellious. <laughs> That's, and I firmly believe that. And you know, like, I, <laughs> I believe that everyone should style themselves however they damn well please. But I strongly believe baby bangs are not a intentional fashion stylish choice. Again, I believe it's one of those things you do when you're feeling badass and rebellious. And so maybe everyone's feeling rebellious this year. And that's kind of all right, I guess. But do don't do it because it's a trend. The other thing that bugs me about this being a trend is not that queer people have any claim to certain fashion things. Disagree, like, but continue. Like, like plaid. And it's such a stereotype. But like plaid has been a queer lady thing for so long and then in the 90s, it was a trend, and then it went away, and it was, again, just ours again, yay. And then, <laughs> the last two years, it's been in fashion, and it's really confusing, because all these cute girls are wearing plaid, and you're like, are you gay? You're not? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think baby bangs are kind of the same. So, when you first brought this up that you want to talk about it, I could tell from your tone that I read that you were not for this trend. And I literally thought, baby bangs sound adorable. I'm like, if your baby has enough hair to give it bangs, like, why not give it, I'm, I'm up for baby bangs, I'm up for baby bobs, like, just do it. And so I Googled it because my next thought was, I want to see pictures of babies with bangs. And I was very shocked to find out that that is not what this was at all. And it was just the weird little tiny, you cut too much bangs. Yes, and that's exactly it too. It's always an accident. No one does baby bangs fully intentionally. It's just kind of like you're trimming your own bangs and fuck, I went too short. Well, all right. Here they all go. Yeah. Once I saw the pictures, I was fully on board with you and awaiting the maybe 2022 trend of actual baby bangs where we are giving babies full on bangs and things. They'll be like baby hair clipping bangs. Oh my God. That'd be adorable. Oh, baby wigs. (laughs) So... Baby bangs, not a trend I'm trying. I also have a cowlick, so I can't try bangs anyway, but that's neither here nor there. I get why you don't want to try it, but I'm also shocked that you're more willing to try cheese tea than you are baby bangs. (laughs) Hair grows back. That cheese is going to be in your mind forever. Hey, they say if you are about to cut your hair into bangs, you need to talk to the therapist first. Trend alert. What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? All right, we talked about this on the very first episode of Gay Best Friends, and I honestly thought that it was going to be put to bed and dead, but it reared its head voluntarily by the participants. I'm talking about Kevin Hart not hosting the Oscars anymore because of his homophobic tweets, and it has been brought back into light by Ellen DeGeneres. She brought it back by having Kevin Hart on her show in an interview where he got to give a little more of his side of the story. And she followed up with telling the audience that she thinks he should host the Oscars, that she's called the Academy to say that they should ask him to host the Oscars, and to vouch for him as a friend. And as the queer spokesperson of the world. Yeah, that we should all forgive him and not just move on, but have him host the Oscars. Um, There's two things I think about this, mainly. 
First of all, Kevin Hart. I got a little bit more of his side of the story from the interview with Ellen that I did kind of, I actually liked. I liked his explanation of why he didn't push to still host. Mm-hmm. He said that he thought that at this point, no matter what he said or did, if he was hosting the Oscars, it would be more about him, about the Oscars, and about the people being celebrated there. I found that very respectful and a very good, it was a good answer. And if he'd followed it up with a goddamn apology, I think it would have been perfect. But he went on to be kind of become more of the victim and say that it was an attack on him and his livelihood. Um, but there's Kevin Hart in what he said, and there's also Ellen. I find Ellen doesn't use her platform and her popularity very much to speak out on issues, which is a valid choice and something I don't think she has to do. Um, I'm, I'm fine with that. But that makes her choices here very interesting. Exactly. She has to understand that when she does, especially since she doesn't do it often, she has a lot of power in what she chooses to do. And I think Ellen missed the mark on this. I think she didn't see any bigger picture of what anyone else thought. She looked, this is me, this is my friend, and I'm going to use my platform to help my friend. I think she irresponsibly took no larger worldview in this. And it really frustrated me because I, I really like Ellen and I, I thought it was such a poor choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I, I had a lot of opinions about this. I listened to his bit about him sipping down when I was on the way over. And a few things stood out to me that I really, really hated. One, that Ellen opened up the conversation by talking about his dreams and how it was his dream to host the Oscars and oh, yeah. dreams, dreams, dreams. And it's an interesting way to instantly create sympathy. She also helps characterize Kevin Hart as the victim and everyone else as haters that we're just trying to take him down and ruin his career. I think you mentioned this before that Kevin Hart has this platform that he's not just some unknown anymore. Yeah, and being offered to host the Oscars. Is exactly. Out. And Trayvell Anderson wrote a piece on Out.com about how black queer people have experienced so much violence and homophobia in their own communities. And to have someone like Kevin Hart come from their neighborhoods um, who, who, you know, he, he says it himself. He'd only be the fourth black person to ever host the Oscars. To have someone like him still not even fully apologize for the comments he made that have been so harmful to black queer kids. That's what makes it worse. It's not, he's not just your friend who said something awful and now has said sorry. Mm -hmm. He's someone who has a platform who can actually make change. What's also interesting to me is Ellen just released her stand-up special. Have you watched it? I haven't seen it, no. But I think I know where you're going with what I've heard of it. She uses this. She, it's called... It's called Relatable, right? Yeah. It's called Relatable. And in it, she's talking about how... She makes fun of the fact that she's not really that relatable. Yeah, she her life is, has changed. And exactly. she lives a rich lifestyle. Not any fault of hers. That's, you know, great for her. But yeah, she's kind of acknowledging that she's got a special place of privilege in the world. And it makes great comedy. Yeah. She talk, And then she, she decides suddenly that privilege that she makes fun of, that she acknowledges... It must mean something for real because now she forgives Kevin Hart on behalf of all queer people. And it's like, of course I can go on my show and talk about who someone I know and exonerate them for all crimes because I know them personally. Must be nice. Well, it's like Kevin Hart saying to his homophobic friends, don't worry, they're not all bad, I know one. 
Invites Ellen out to play a round of golf. Yeah, exactly. See, they don't hate me. Yeah. The third thing that really pissed me off, he said, I've taken 10 years to put my apology to work. And so I, I wanted to look into what that meant. <laughs> and I actually got sidetracked. Because first of all, I don't think, I don't, he hasn't donated to LGBTQ causes. He hasn't. He's done nothing to actually put the apology to work other than just, like, not say homophobic things Stop anymore. hating. Yeah. Yeah, I think him putting it to work is stop hating and maybe having more dinners with Ellen. But beyond, <laughs> beyond that, I'm not, I haven't, I haven't seen anything of what he's done. No, exactly. But then, when I started to, to research Kevin Hart, LGBT community, I then discovered that on top of this, mm-hmm. <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day... 2018, he hosted a Cowboys and Indians birthday party for his kid. For his kid. And he refuses to apologize. He sees nothing wrong with it. He says, when I was a kid, we played cow- Cowboys and Indians. Ugh, it's, That's insane, though. It's awful. It's awful. And, and he was called out on it and also, and like, claimed, and then pushed that he thought there was nothing wrong with it, right? He, yes. He was even called out on his own, his own podcast. Like, who does he think he is, Paula Dean? Male sex robots, as the headline says, with unstoppable bionic penises. So. Well, okay, first of all, I read that and I'm like, but there's got to be an off switch. Well, isn't there? Well, yeah, it, it but just, sorry, the, the headline just unstoppable <laughs> bionic penises is like, you then have to wrestle to get it out of you. <laughs> no, it's just like the idea that's just trying to sell this unstoppable penis that doesn't go limp yeah yeah it's never it's never limp it's one of those real sex robots so maybe like the woman just has like fake an orgasm and then it'll stop (laughs) oh so what i i am excited about this new thing i've always wondered if people are attracted to anything other than the female body do they just order the female sex robot without certain things and like add a strap on or like i was oh, trying to figure out how did, how would you because i'm sure people who are attracted to non-female bodies are interested in sex robots maybe and so i, I as kept, much as people always, who are attracted to female bodies are going to be interested in sex yeah robots. like and so i i have spent a lot i've spent a weird amount of time thinking about sex robots i'm kind of obsessed with them like real dolls and all that i just I just think it's so interesting. I would like to meet one and touch one. See, I don't know if you know the, you know the answer to this question. Is it like a robot that like moves and does things? Or yes. is it just like a real sex doll that's, you know, better than the inflatable ones? Well, it squeezes you. It squeezes you? Yes. So this is the thing. And it thrusts? I, I don't know that. I'm sure, I, I guess you can't see a... Uh, example over the microphone but I'm like wiggling my hand I assume that the penis probably vibrates in some way to create a similar if you're an engineer working on a real sex doll if you've gotten to the point where it can grab Mm -hmm. you think you would have focused on humping first and I think that's why it's taken so long for a male sex robot to come on the market (laughs) (laughs) um I, I do, I, that's actually what I wrote down, was I think it's the mechanics of the robot being able to move at all. Yeah, there's more things. And one of them is that it can squeeze the user, which that part actually freaks me out. I'm very impressed, though. 
Totally. But what if it squeezes too hard or it gets stuck and you're stuck being squeezed by the sex robot and you have to call someone and you're to come. squeezed slash yeah. to death by a sex robot? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's frightening. Yeah. So if I ever get a male sex robot, um, just know that you're my emergency contact. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> I want to know about the butthole situation. Like, is this a male sex robot specifically designed for straight females who don't like pegging? Possibly, but I suspect that just like the female real dolls, you can do any number of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Modifications? Yes. Any number of modifications to the doll. Okay, so your guess, you don't know, but your guess is that, like, a fuckable butthole is extra. Yes. Like, it's just, it costs a little more. Yeah. Because they'd have to, like, open it and make it soft enough. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, there's things involved. Yeah. You pay a little more, but you enjoy. That's right. (laughs) This is my thought, even on the real sex dolls. Like, I'm all for sex toys, and I fully understand them. The real sex dolls kind of just, and I'm, I'm probably way off base, but they make me think of rich, sad, lonely people. The funny, not the funny, but the... That is exactly the market that they're trying to go after. Not even rich people, but lonely people. Oh, uh, who are just willing to pay that yeah. much. What yes. does one go for? I'm going to Google it right now. Yeah, I believe the female real dolls start at 500 Oh, that's cheaper than I thought. Maybe 1500 500 seems really cheap. The male real doll is $6,000. The classic one is for the woman is 4000 Like the woman body? Yeah. 4,000. Okay. So I'm just looking at the extras so far. They have, you can change your torso, the faces, apparel, um, which apparel, I, that's interesting that that's what people are caring about and paying more money for. Yeah. Just buy some clothes for it. Right? Just dress it up. Yeah. A lot of faces to choose from. It has very impressive nipples. Okay. I find it weird that for the permanent vagina, you have to pay $150 extra. It probably has to be something you can clean easier. Well, yeah, so you think, I don't know, if I was selling real sex dolls, to me, you get the vagina that's hard to clean, or you pay 150 more for one you can take out and put in the dishwasher. That's a good point. That's how I would market it. Um, I'm really trying to find the male one. <laughs> Build your own male real doll. Let's see what the options are. God, they're kind of creepy looking. Oh, it's way creepier than the women. Yeah, they have they not perfected like this one. Oh my god, I love the punk rocker one. There's also, look at, we saw how many faces there were for the females. There's only three for men. There's only three. Penis style, fixed and removable. But no extra cost. Right, that's... Men. Men, never have to pay. Oh, I guess In it's this the case. opposite, but still. <laughs> Custom freckles. It doesn't even mention the asshole. Oh, so I guess it's not. So what would be interesting, I think is if real doll then paired up with bad dragon dildos to make a penis that can ejaculate as well a penis dildo my other question if there's like rich enough people out there who are like buying a male real doll and a female real doll so they can have threesomes some of it too though is it's not even necessarily sexual like it's it is but i think they're it's like the japanese pillow doll thing yeah where it's a lot of it isn't sexual. Yeah. It's like bronies. Yeah. Personally, when any of this stuff becomes not sexual, I find it insanely more creepy. What are you gonna pick? I can't 
topics. Can we talk? Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. All right, gay of the week time. Um, this week, I am picking someone that I just, I hadn't heard about ever before. I read about them on QueerTea.com. Um, and his name is Addie Del Val, or Vale. I don't know how to say it, and I could not find any interviews of him. Um, he's an openly gay plus-size model uh, who is working really hard in changing fashion and perception of, like, what beauty is. And I'm picking him just because, like, I got body issues up the wazoo and don't do well. And I just really admire anyone who, like, can love themselves, I hope, but in any ways have the confidence to go forward and, like, be a model like this and sell it. And he sells it. Like, I think he does a really good job. Uh, he's been at New York Fashion Week and things like that. And I think we need to see more. Um, I'm not just talking plus-size models, but we need to see more people who have confidence in themselves and own who they are in such powerful and out-there ways unabashedly. And that's why Addie Delvell is my Gay of the Week. I like it. I'm all about diversity in sizes in fashion in general. Um, so whether it's more plus size models or more any anything, just I agree with you. It's more confidence, more people who are saying, this is me, this is my body, it deserves to be celebrated too. Yeah, I went through a lot of pictures and I can't say I support all the fashion choices that he's showing off. <laughs> that's, that's not why he's the gay of the week, it's about him. But he can serve face. Like, he's a really good model. Um, I think, you know, in fashion in general, that models wear is usually just fucking crazy and off anyways. We already know you don't understand fashion, Jared. Hey, I loved your hat. That's true. Who do you got this week, Ashley? My Gay of the Week is Trayvell Anderson, who was the individual I spoke about earlier, who wrote the piece about Kevin Hart in on Out.com. They talked about... The problem with Kevin Hart's interview with Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres and what Kevin Hart's comments mean for uh, black queer kids in America. Um, they are the director of culture and entertainment for Out.com, uh, and I recommend you look them up. That's cool. I don't know. Do you read Out magazine? Only, only stuff that comes across my desk. So I have a subscription just because for, I forget which anniversary it is, I think maybe number two? Paper anniversary? Yes, it's paper. So Zach got me a subscription to The Advocate and Out, and I've never seen a charge on our credit cards, but it's been coming for like three and a half years now, and it just never seems to stop. You better donate to them. Why? Well, if you're not getting any charges on your credit card. Well, they're making money. They sell ads. Every second page is an ad for prep. Oh, Um, wow. But I've actually been really impressed with their work and who they talk about, and they do a really good job. I'm almost every issue introduced to someone in entertainment or things I should watch, read, listen, slash put in me that are new and exciting. And I think this person is, I guess, would be a large part of that for Out Magazine. Absolutely. Oh, they just joined as Director of Culture and Entertainment um, in November. Oh, well, they're off to a very good start, I'd say. Absolutely. Now I'll read everything. Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. Oh, thank you, Ashley. That's another episode done. Free from the confines of the Vancouver Public Library. Ah, oh, it was so nice to not be so sweaty and have a little sip of something. 
If you happen to hear us take a sip during our recording, or you have hot topics you want us to cover on the podcast, email us at gaybestfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check us out and follow us on our Instagram at gaybestfriendspodcast. If you liked what you heard today, like and review us on your listening app, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. Woo! Woo!